My heart was pounding so loud I could feel the blood pulsing in my ears. Every nerve was on alert. Did I hear someone behind me? I rolled the garbage cans to the curb like I did every Thursday night in this wealthy Southern California town, the only task I did unattended. A brief moment away from the watchful eyes of my captors, those I had been sold a slave to when I was just seven years old in Taiwan. Now was my chance to escape. I bolted, ran as fast as I could towards the end of the street and into the car that was waiting for me. Everything I owned left behind except the tattered shirt and dirty pants I wore, clothes reminding me of the life I had been living for the past 20 years, a torn and ravaged existence, a victim of human trafficking. You know the why human trafficking work is needed, to fight for the freedom of modern day slaves. But love, passion, commitment, isn't all you need to be an effective and successful anti-trafficking advocate. Learn the how. I'm Dr. Celia Williamson, Director of the Human Trafficking and Social Justice Institute at the University of Toledo. Welcome to the Emancipation Nation podcast, where I'll provide you with the latest and best methods, policy, and practice discussed by experienced experts in the field so that you can cut through the noise, save time, and be about the work of saving lives. This is an incredible true story written by Melody Fox. And Melody Fox is a content editor at Square Tree Publishing. She's also an educator and an author. The name of the book is My Name is Also Freedom. Thank you so much for being here, Melody. And thank you so much for for writing this wonderful book. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah. So tell us, how did you even get involved? This is a true story about Sherry Ho and her experience. And how did you even get involved in meeting her and and writing the story? Well, it's amazing because up to this point, I was pretty clueless about human trafficking and especially human trafficking in the United States. I, I had no idea to the extent that we see today. It's now a lot of people are interested in this, but um, four years ago when I began this process, I'm like, what? There's there's actually people that are involved in human trafficking, and it could be here in the United States, in California, in New York. I mean, I was pretty clueless. So um, when I first had heard about her story, I I didn't even know what to ask or what questions. She was, Sherry Ho was speaking at different places and making people aware of this particular uh, travesty that's been happening around the world and uh, I was amazed to find out that she was from Taiwan and that she was sold as a small child. And um, her language skills, because she was kept from reading, writing, any kind of contact with people, that to get her story out was very difficult for her. And um, after my publisher, Sherry Ward, um, had suggested that I get involved with helping her get her story um, out, um, I was just mesmerized by the things that she went through and just uh, saddened that something like this could could happen to her as a small child. And she was abused quite a bit in this whole process. And uh, um, I would meet with her on a weekly basis, and I'd just turn on my digital recorder. And um, sometimes I'd ask questions. And to be honest, I didn't even know what questions to ask. I, I would just listen to her pour out her heart, and it would lead to questions like, oh, that happened? Well, tell me more about this or tell me about that. And uh, I was, uh, my eyes were open 
And um, from that moment on, I've got the opportunity to speak at a lot of different places, um, helping others to get their eyes open, too. They may just be like me. You know, we have no idea that these things are happening right under our nose. And what I found out recently is a lot of college students that um, are in class, especially because I work at a local college, um, are involved in human trafficking. And they have a phone in their uh, the perpetrator might text them and say, you know, hey, you need to come out here and blah, 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 blah. And they're actually human trafficked. And I would ha- I, I, at that point, I was just shocked that that could be happening. And so to make others aware, just like I was made aware, is just a passion of mine as well. And this happened in like sunny Southern California, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it did. Right, right here. And, and so uh, what, what was, what is her story? Well, her story is she was uh, raised, well, up to seven years old, that is, in a very, very poor uh, tribal village in Taiwan, in the mountains of Taiwan. And at this time, um, and I'm going to say it was around the 80s sometime, because Sherry actually doesn't even know what year she was born. Uh, She has no idea what her original birthday was. That's how isolated she was from any kind of human events, you know, as far as being treated uh, in a human, compassionate way. So sometime in the 80s, and it was so poor that many times uh, families would sell, and um, sometimes it was just temporary, like a contract for so many years, but they would sell their children to factories, um, to individuals, to anyone that that they could in order to get money to survive. And it was a shock to find out that Sherry's family, her father sold her for what amounted to $310 in U.S. Mm. money. And she was sold to a very wealthy family that used her as a house slave. Um, thank God she wasn't sexually abused during this time, but she was seven years old and had no idea that this was, was happening to her when her father drove her around. And he drove her around to many places in the village, to factories that they'd say, oh, she's too small. Oh, she can't do this. Oh, she can't do that. Until this one lady like, well, I'll take a chance on you type of thing. And um, she became basically a slave in every sense of the world word. She was um, meant to, to sleep uh, on a ratted old blanket in a, in a hallway or in a garage or wherever they could put her, uh, crouch in a corner to eat her food, not allowed to uh, even eat any of the food that was prepared for the family, but whatever was left over, whatever was spoiled, whatever was going to be thrown out, even to the point of a lock being put on the refrigerator so that she couldn't eat any food that they felt she was not worthy of. So this was a jaw-dropping story uh, to me as I listened to these things unfold when Sherry was was talking to me about it. It was, it was amazing. Oh my goodness! And so, how did she? How long did she stay uh, enslaved? And and how did she get away? Well, she was a slave for about twenty years total. So it just had happened that this uh, woman who owned her uh, came to the United States. Uh, through a series of events. She was getting older. Her family wanted to take care of her, and she had family in the States. So this family managed to um, fix it so that Sherry was brought to the United States. And at this time, her name was Sharon. Uh, She had been called a lot of different names. That's one reason why the the title of the book is called My Name is Also Freedom. And um, when she came to the United States, and they lived in a very wealthy area, she was still isolated from anybody. She was not allowed to be alone, um, quite often abused, even to the point of being drugged down the hallway by her hair or once a toilet brush was forced into her mouth when she was accused of drinking some tea that wasn't hers. She was just treated shamefully, um, again, isolated from everyone. 
but she did work for this family. And when she was brought to the place of business, there were people there who, for the most part, most people ignored it. Oh, this is a, a family. You know, uh, we're not going to get involved in their business. How many people just turn an eye, even when they hear yelling or they think something's wrong, they don't want to get involved. But there was this one lady who thought that there was just something not right about the way Sherry was being treated. And she would bring some gifts every once in a while. She, You know, you get free makeup gifts when you go buy makeup. They give you a free this or mm-hmm. free that. Mm-hmm. And she would bring them over and drop them off of the family. Say, hey, would you give this to Sherry? And then she started to find out that these gifts weren't being given to her, that there was just something wrong. And so one day this woman um, said, you know, I, I think I'm going to try to slip her my phone number. Just I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bridge that gap. So mm-hmm. she managed to give her her phone number and said, if you need something, I want to help you. And this was the first time anyone in her whole entire life had ever tried to reach out to Sherry in that way. I mean, there were people that did donate clothes when she had no clothes on her back, when this woman wouldn't buy her new clothes, wouldn't um, buy her any anything for her needs, even to a point there was one story in her life where she started her, her menstrual cycle. She didn't even know what was going on, and the woman provided nothing for her. So, I mean, she was basically treated shamefully and horribly less than a human being often called a dog. So this woman slipping her the phone number was hoping to help. And it took quite a while before Sherry could um, feel that she might be able to trust this woman. And of course she wasn't allowed to even use a phone, but there was one day when she knew that her captor was, was going to be gone for a period of time. And she could sneak back to this back room where she knew there was a telephone and she called this lady and she said, there's only one day, one night of the week that the watchful eyes of these people in my life are not staring at my every move. I take the trash cans out to the curb on this night and water the lawn. This is the only opportunity. So that's tomorrow night. If you can come, I'll be ready. Melanie, yeah. I'm going to stop you there because I think it's right at that point where we really need people to then get engrossed in the book and find out well, there you go. what exactly happens. Because I think when you read this story, you, you'll just go in such detail and such depth about this woman's life. And it, yeah. I, I want to do it justice. And I don't want you to tell the complete story here, because I think there's going to be a lot of detail that will be lost and sure. I want people to pick up the book and find out sure. what, is ha- what happens in uh, Sherry's life because uh, the cover of the book, she looks absolutely beautiful. Is that her? That's Sherry, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's her. Yeah, she looks amazing. And both of you are co-authors of this book, and I, I think that's incredible because you all are still friends today. Is that right? Yeah. And yeah. you you meet up occasionally. I think you guys do do presentations you talked about. Yes, we do. Um whenever we get the opportunity to speak whether it's um you know at a human trafficking awareness event um or churches or any place that someone asks us to come speak, we'll come. Uh we were at a swap swap uh Sopramorse club. It's Oh, Soraptimus. <laughs> not pronouncing it. Seroptimus Club. That's a tongue twister for me. Yeah. Yeah. Club. Yeah. <laughs> so we'd go to local clubs like that. We were uh, one at one recently, a luncheon, and we speak together, tag team together. So I help with there's any areas that, especially because of her language skills, are still, you know, she's still learning English, still speaking that I kind of 
help get the story out a little bit more or answer any questions that she may have difficulty with. Yeah. Oh, and what, and how is she doing today? Oh, she's doing, she's doing really well. I mean, she does struggle quite a bit um, with the past. So we limit um, how many times that we go out and speak together because these memories will bring up a lot of um, anxiety, a lot of depression. So we um, choose them wisely and, and we make sure that, you know, is this okay with you? And there's certain things we, we do not talk about or we don't ask questions, have questions asked to her because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so she still is managing that recovery in her life. Uh, she mm-hmm. is very successful um, owning her own uh, child care business where she watches infants. And that was a lot of work for her to be able to go through that process of getting her license. And she loves children. She loves caring for children. So um, that's a really um, a dream come true in her life. But she hopes to continue on um, and speak more and uh, write more books. So that's her goal. She's taking English courses and, and working hard on and moving ahead in her life. That's excellent. So she's still here in the U.S., is that right? Yes. yes. And um, yes. This, do you know if she goes to any trauma counseling or any, anything to uh, address uh, Yes, she does. She is. Yes, she is involved in, and has actually started some survivor groups. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yes, she's still currently working through with the survivor groups as being a leader and a participant. Um, she still does have some counseling, um, uh, here again, she's involved in, in groups in her church that help her to work through those issues. So she has many different supports, you know, to help her out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's good. And would she mind if you told us how old she is today? Um, she's in her forties. She wouldn't mind. She couldn't give you an exact, um, age only because that information was lost to her and, uh, her birthdays were never celebrated, uh, so she doesn't know technically how old she is. So she chooses her Freedom Day, the day she escaped, as her her new birthday. So, oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. What if, and uh, what do you think? What's the future hold which, for Sherry and for you? Well, um, we of course take one day at a time. With um, the release of My Name Is Also Freedom this last January. Uh, we do hope to go back to Taiwan again, and uh, we had met some wonderful um, publishers there. We'd love to get the book translated into um, Mandarin Chinese to see that book go forth. Um, we have hopes in the back of our mind that maybe even a, a movie at some point to bring awareness to um, human trafficking uh, could be made. So, you know, we have big dreams, so we'll just take them one day at a time. So we're excited yeah. about it, though. So. And does Sherry, uh, this, did she get back in touch with her biological family? Uh, when she goes back to Taiwan, who might she visit there? Yes, actually, that yes, she does. Um, uh, a story ran um, on CNN's Freedom Report, and I believe this was the year 2011, when she was about ready to speak about her story. And she interviewed with them in hopes that she could find her birth family she was reunited with her mother. Her father was killed in a motorcycle accident many years before that, but she has since been reunited and um, found some forgiveness and arrested, uh, uh, you know, her relationship with her mother been restored um, to a certain degree and uh, with her sisters. She's found her sisters as well. So she does travel back to Taiwan to visit family um, several times a year if she can definitely at least once a year. I've been there when we researched the book. I went back with her um, to meet her family, to look at those places that 
uh, she had once lived, um, and to just talk about her life. So, yes, she has reconnected definitely with family, and she's trying to build now a new relationship um, since she had left them at seven years old. You know, it's taking a lot of time to rebuild those relationships. That's awesome. If if people wanted to get a hold of the book, where can they where can they get it? Well, it's available on Amazon. So all they need to do is just go to Amazon and and uh, type in, you know, my name is also Freedom, and it will come up. It's also available at Square Tree Publishing, which is the the publishing company it's published through. So um, both those sites and the. Uh, I'm sure hopefully in the future we'll, we'll even be in brick and mortar places. Uh, that'd be our next goal. But right now, Amazon.com, where almost everything is found. <laughs> yeah. And are you both still in Southern California? Yes, we're still in uh, both of us in California right now. Yeah. And so uh, are you available? And if so, how can people get a hold of you to book you all to come and present or to speak? Oh, yes. Um, yes, if you go to squaretreepublishing.com, um, you can find all the information there to contact us through uh, our publisher, um, Sherry Ward. So that's Square Tree Publishing. And uh, yeah, we'd be, definitely be available and love to get the um, message out, you know, for people to be more aware of human trafficking. Well, Melody, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you would like the audience to know? Um, you know, I, I would. I just want to say that sometimes this whole subject can be very overwhelming. I was overwhelmed when I have, was first introduced to it. Um, but, you know, probably the main thing is if you see something, if you see something that just doesn't look right, you know, even if you have to risk being slightly embarrassed, I would just encourage people just to reach out. Even if they just ask a question saying, hey, is everything okay? Are you all right? To just make that contact. And um, there is a human trafficking hotline number. It's available on our website, and you, you actually might be familiar with that, Cecilia. And, you know, lots of times you can call anonymous, anonymously if you really believe that there may be a situation. It could be someone next door if you, you suspect something. It's just don't just walk away saying, oh, well, I don't want to get involved, or that maybe it, it's just nothing. If you suspect something, to, to in some way reach out, because that's the only way, you know, especially for Sherry, that she was set free from her life as someone decided to, to say, no, this isn't right. I'm going to reach out. I think that's wise advice. And the hotline number is 888-3737-888. And thank, thank you, you so much, Melody, because of your willingness to take your time with Sherry, to build a relationship, to build trust, to spend time to meet for coffee, to meet to eat, to yeah. meet to discuss, to go all the way back to Taiwan, to really bring your warmth and walk very softly with her so that she's able to tell her story. And thank you for bringing your skills to bear so that you can make the, the book meaningful and gripping and really show the intent that I know that she wanted you to show in the book. So she brings the story, you bring the talent, and it's an amazing and wonderful book. So thank you so much for bringing that to the world. We all need to be educated and read this book. Oh, thank you so much. And I appreciate you reaching out to me so that we can just get this message out there. Thank you. In life, you have to decide whether the goal is worth the risk involved. 
and to Sherry, her freedom was worth the risk involved. She chooses freedom every day and uses the day she escaped as her new birthday. What is it that you're trying to free yourself of? And when's your new birthday coming? Sherry, you survived the abuse and you'll survive the recovery. Sometimes we have to stop waiting for the light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes we have to run down there and turn that light on ourselves. If you like this episode of Emancipation Nation, please subscribe and I'll send you the weekly podcast. Until then, the fight continues.